1: Welcome to Let's Talk Wellness. I'm your host, Mary James, and I want to say thank you for joining us for today's conversation. During Let's Talk Wellness, we focus on healing, understanding, growth, and spirituality. This is part of the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a subsidiary of a nonprofit organization called Extraordinary Life Foundation, where we're devoted to supporting mental health awareness and providing resources for children and their families. As the founder of these organizations, I have the great joy of collaborating with a team of amazing people to help bring healing to children and their families around the world. You can find about our information at elfempowers.org, and we can find the information in the show link below. Now, let's talk wellness with today's guest, Janine Francolini. Janine is the founder of the Flawless Foundation, a mental health awareness and advocacy sorry, organization. Welcome, Janine. Thanks for so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. It's funny. What did we meet like seven years ago when we were both visiting L.A.? Yes, 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 yes. It was kind of random. We were at the UCLA Semo um, gathering where Demi Lovato was the head speaker. Mm-hmm. And I remember a woman sat us at the table and she stared me in the eyes. I didn't know her. And she says, I handpicked all of you to be at this table. And I knew that at that point, you and I were meant to meet. Yes. Yes. And yes here yes. we are seven years later. It's yeah. so great um, to have right. you here. Yeah. So tell us about the Flawless Foundation. When did you first start it, and why?
2: I started Flawless in 2008. Um, for two reasons. I um, had mental health challenges of my own when I was a child. And they got pretty serious when I was an adolescent and young adult and I got good care and I got better. So that was the first part of my inspiration. And The other thing was I was an educator in New York City private schools for 15 years. And I saw a school, a public school for children with behavioral challenges that were kind, kind of asked to leave every single program. So even special ed within their school, their behavior couldn't be managed. And it was the most horrifying thing that I ever saw. I couldn't believe that kids, uh, any kid would be in a, in a school like this. And in the school, they were really trying. It wasn't, they were all wonderful, the teachers, but the resources were so limited. There were, the police would have to come because there were acts of violence. It was just so terrifying and traumatizing and the couches were ripped up and there were no major. So I just was called at that moment when I took that tour. I, I just, that was it, that was it. I called up some friends in New York city and I, we just started to support that school and one thing led to another and it kind of blew up pretty quickly in a good way.
1: (laughs) That is wonderful. And for the school age, were the students at the school kindergarten through sixth grade, I think maybe it was nice and young. Wow. And it's amazing. People don't realize that children four years old, five years old, um, you know, have had suicidal ideation and just, so many things, wow, that's amazing. Um, and so did you actually work at that school or you worked with the school?
2: Worked with the school. We started by funding all kinds of holistic programs for them. We did gardening and yoga and uh, music. We helped to get new furniture and all the things that I was actually living in a building then. And it was, um, part of it was corporate housing for Nike cause it was in Oregon. Nike and other companies. And so the building really rallied around and they would, when people would move out, which happened a lot, they would donate beautiful furniture to the school and they adopted the school. It was amazing. We would do the holidays and it was just so terrific. Um, But the big thing was the holistic programming and training teachers, supporting teachers. We did a lot of that in the early days. That was how it launched.
1: That's so beautiful. Are you still involved with the school?
2: No, no. We found that training teachers and adults that work with the kids was, you know, a great way to go. We did that for many years. And then um, our communications kind of took off with our social media and our messaging. So we've really been focusing on that. Uh, We seem to have, you know, feel like we have a big impact by changing the conversation about mental health, bringing it out in the open. And, And we do that through digital media and through our young adult uh, leadership training program.
1: That's amazing. I'm sure the impact you had on the school and the lives of those children have um, changed forever. So thank you for that. Um, so you shared with me about your own mental health. When At what age were you aware that you were having some challenges?
2: It's interesting. Um, I was adopted also. And I did learn about my ment- uh, my health history when I was about 35. Okay. And I do have mental health issues on both sides of the family. So I'm genetically loaded. And I think that's a really important thing for people to understand is how hereditary these conditions are. So I was, you know, anxious and um. I, even though I did really well always in school and I had was talented in a lot of areas, so I looked I looked pretty good. but I had severe challenges with my emotional life and all kinds of um, issues starting at a young age starting at a young age. And, and I think that's why I ended up going into education and becoming a teacher because I had some really rough teachers, you know, first, second grade, um, that I still remember, you know, I would get into trouble and it was just third grade. And then I had a terrific teacher in fourth grade that turned it all around for me. So yeah, but then adolescence hit and then the mental health challenges
1: got much worse. Much worse. So it's interesting you say with the teachers, because, um, A teacher definitely can make or break. And I know back then it's more like, oh, it's a behavioral issue. You know, God forbid they looked at underlying emotional challenges. Um, My son, who's now 24, it's been a miracle story. But when he was younger, um, I was grateful that none of his teachers hated him because he could definitely be a pain in the tush and they appreciated him and were able to keep him in line. And, you know, we also had diagnosis of um, spectrum and ADHD. So definitely things changed a lot. Um, have you ever heard of neuroemotional technique? It's called NET. It's a technique that chiropractors often train Yes. With. Yeah, because it's amazing. Because I I'm one of my art healers does that, and he was saying when a child, when a fetus, like when a mother conceives, and at that moment, if she thinks for a second she doesn't want the child, like this, that child's gonna have you know, emotional issues, and not even on a cellular, on a conscious level, it's more like on a cellular subconscious level. Um, I know I've worked with a few people that their kids like at seven years old were suicidal and the parents, amazing parents, but these children like on a deeper level have that challenge. And, um, you know, and it's great that you've made it through to the other side and now that you can help others with it. Mm -hmm. And you said, um, so thank you for being open with um, us and being vulnerable, because you're such a light to others. Um, And you shared with me that you were hospitalized um, for attempting suicide. What age were you then? And can you share with us a little bit about that?
2: I was was 17, yeah, 17, 16 or 17. Yeah, 17. (laughs) I was a senior in high school. Mm. Yeah, so um, I really struggled from my junior year on, really struggled with, Depression and um, suicide, and eating disorders and anxiety. It was really
1: right. Really and what do you? What would you attribute your healing to? Medication, meditation. Um, yeah. Um, it, medication
2: didn't help me then. I'm very pro medication, so. But it, you know that was you know a long time ago, and when we didn't have as many medications, it wasn't so good. So it didn't help me at all. Uh, So I would say the I was in intensive therapy, the hospitalizations helped me a lot. And uh, again, I was in intensive therapy for a long time till I was in my 30s. Right.
1: And that's amazing. Look at how great you're doing today. Would you, do you think, um, do you have to spend a lot of time on your mental health? Would you call yourself like in remission? Do you feel ever like you might be going off the deep end?
2: I think that yes, I think that I spend a lot of time on my mental health. It's, it's just a, it's second nature. I guess it's the way someone would be if they had diabetes or right. alcoholism or any any kind of chronic condition or anything that you're at risk for. Right. So I spend a lot of time on my mental health. And it's just, but it's, again, it's second nature. Just wellness is really important to me. I watch my stress levels. I'm very connected socially. I have people I can talk to. I am absolutely obsessed with yoga. I do a lot of yoga. It helps me so much. Love yoga. Mm. Um, I dance. I sing. I I have a lot of things that make my life very balanced. And and I really take care of myself and prioritize my mental health is the most important thing
1: that's huge that is so key you know our mental our health our brain health is just as important as our physical health and um and you mentioned yoga it's so funny because I took a little hiatus but I just went back to a yoga class on Saturday and I just my body kept saying to me thank you thank you and it's amazing whatever goes on in there how it just like grounds you and you know you walk out feeling so peaceful from it mm, so good wow and now, so let's talk about your foundation, the mission, and the goals.
2: So, our goal is to open up the conversation, normalize this topic. It, you know, this affects every single family, and especially post-pandemic. So the, I mean, the good news about the pandemic is now there's more attention on mental health. So we want people to be able to the way I'm talking to you so openly about my my history, I want everybody to be able to do that early on, really into prevention. Like I said, we we care a lot about what's happening in the schools, because if we can intervene, then we can prevent a lot later. And educating people, it's just such a topic that's in the darkness, taking it out of the shadows, being open about it, normalizing it, giving hope. You know, our, our social media channels, TikTok, Instagram, where, you know, we have all these young college students on there dancing around, singing and talking about mental health in such an open way, and they make it really accessible. So that's what it's about, really connecting people and giving hope.
1: I think that is so powerful. And you know, I shared with you eight years ago, I experienced a manic episode diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And for P- us to be out there speaking about it, inspiring others to speak about it and heal is so important. And also showing that it could happen to anybody. Yes. And that, and there is, I don't know if you call it remission or, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and just to keep working on it. Um,
2: I like to say that it, that mental our mental health is on a spectrum, our brain health is on a spectrum. And depending on what's going on in your life, you can have symptoms, not. you know it's just kind of it, there's an ebb and flow to it. So I don't I don't think a lot about remission, diagnosis, all of that. So right. mental health is on a spectrum depending on external stresses and things like that
1: is it amazing how I feel like the universe is like always trying to push us like into more stress, more fear, anger, anxiety. And it's really important for us to be mindful and recognize that and, you know, kind of be uh, ahead of the game, be more proactive Mm -hmm. instead of reactive.
2: Exactly. Prevention is so key. It's okay.
1: And why did you name the foundation, the Flawless Foundation?
2: This is so funny. It's really random it's really random. A friend of mine, it was, there was a song I think from the nineties this techno song called flawless Mm -hmm. by the ones. And it has the best lyrics. And it's, it's like, I think it's about a supermodel, but it's all about confidence just like perfection. Flawless needs no correction. Flawless, like no other flawless, absolutely flawless. And we just want everyone to feel that way. That, you know, our flaws are part of what makes us human, self-acceptance, self-forgiveness all the time.
1: Oh, my gosh. And that sentence you said, we don't, I think it was, you don't need, we don't need correction. Right. Needs no correction. Those are the lyrics. (laughs) That is amazing. And, you know, what's so important about it, um, you know, as a parent and thinking about with my children, like accepting them for who they were. And not who I wanted them to be. Um, Definitely a big challenge. A lot of parents have. Because we have this ideal vision. Of what we want our child to be. And then they come in with these little souls. That what they want to be. And how to really accept it. And work with it. Or kind of fight it and go against it. So um, yeah, definitely going to have to listen to that song.
2: I think that's a great point. To bring up a really important piece of parenting. That we're not prepared for. Is how random how whatever like they have their own ideas and journeys like from day one it's just something we it's it's very humbling I was last night I was at a dinner and there was this older man he was probably I think he was about 87 and he was so interesting he was telling this story about his family and he he raised his three girls in New York City, and they went to private schools in New York City, this very New York City kind of life. And one of them lives in the backwoods of Vermont. She's a lawyer, like small town lawyer that like chops her own wood and knits her own dresses, like totally off the grid. I mean, how did she grow up in New York City? Right?
1: How does that happen? Wow. And it's his grand wait, that's his daughter, one of his daughters? His daughter. daughter. And how was he in accepting that day one I feel that these children definitely are here um, to challenge and teach us as parents. Um, My middle child has been my greatest teacher and that which didn't kill me made me stronger and him and my daughter, a very old soul who's 21, has definitely been a very big teacher for my husband who, um, you know, my family, you grow up, okay, we're going, you know, which college do you go to in his family, which graduate school. And then we have our daughter who after first semester at Rutgers as a freshman drops out, you know, my husband's like, she can't, she shouldn't. And I'm like, really? Because if you push her, she's going to end up, she might end up having an episode like with a 20 year old that I was working with, who is inpatient inpatient mental health. So it's really, um, these kids like teach our, you know, the parents about acceptance Um, don't judge, which is so hard, especially when it's our own kids. Mm -hmm. Um, That's so interesting. I would have loved to ask that gentleman, you know, his relationship. And sometimes even I see it with my physical therapist, actually, she's having some issues with her mother and she feels like she's the mother for her mother. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want her mother around her children if she's going to continue to act the way she's acting. And she has to threaten her, like, listen, you need to get help. Otherwise, you're not going to be allowed to see your grandkids. And, you know, it's sad that it comes to that, but hopefully, you know, the grandmother could, you know, have the courage to look in the mirror and see maybe some things of her personality aren't working. So really profound. We are going to take a brief break and we'll be right back, so hold tight.
0: In these shifting and changing times, more and more lives are being impacted by mental health. The Extraordinary Lives Foundation, also known as ELF, is transforming the way people view and navigate mental health challenges. Their mission is to improve children's mental health and wellness, and support families by providing educational tools, resources, and awareness events. ELF encourages families to recognize symptoms, overcome the stigma, and reach out for help. visit the Extraordinary Lives Foundation website at www.elfempowers.org to find out more about their resources and events. Together, we can change the conversation around mental health. We hope that you're enjoying today's Let's Talk Wellness podcast and if you have a topic that you would like us to explore, we would love to hear from you. Simply email us at info at elfempowers.org. That's info at elfempowers.org. And now back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Let's Talk Wellness. I am your host, Mara James. And today's guest is Janine Francolini from the Flawless Foundation. Welcome back, Janine. Great to be back. Looking forward to continuing this conversation. So tell us, what does a day in the life of
2: Flawless look like? Okay. So it, uh, it involves a lot of social media for sure and supervising our college interns and our fellows who are putting up TikToks, and they're doing Instagram live interviews and all kinds of things like that. So it involves that a lot. But the really rewarding thing, it's so moving, is when we do our flawless workshops or outreach. Mm -hmm. So we do them with kids up to older adults with a range, mostly, usually they have mental health challenges. They're involved in the juvenile justice system. But we recently did something really fun. We trained 48 high school leaders. We did a workshop with them. And I'll lead you through a little bit of what I have some show and tell. We have our flawless
1: tattoos that we give them. Let me see. I can't see it. Uh, So here's the. Ah
2: the gold oh, it's a little,
1: oh that's so fun oh it's right for people that are listening it's written in gold um and it says flawless beautiful right 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 yeah. right so we have our tattoos and um we have our backpacks
2: And these we use for outreach. We put water in these, um, cold water and tattoos and inspirational postcards that the kids make. And we give them out to people who are um, on the streets, living on the streets, or people who are working on the streets, police officers, sanitation workers. One of our favorite friends is someone who cleans the bathroom. The bathroom attendant in a park. Uh, Her name is Gladys. She's like, oh, this is so hard. so we do that. We do outreach at the veterans hospital. Outside the veterans hospital, we learn something. Some veterans need transportation. Sometimes they don't have cars, so they're 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 getting picked up and they have to wait there for a while. So we go again and give out um, water and tattoos and backpacks and all of the flawless. And we've had just incredible, the power of the message, it's simple, but changes a day. It, you know, one time we bumped into a veteran and he told us, he started crying after we chatted with him for a while because he was at the veterans hospital because he just lost his housing. It was oh, going boy. to be homeless that night.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: And, and he you said, probably
1: just brought such a love and, oh. and smile.
2: Yeah, it really, it's a, just a simple way to connect. So so that's the outreach. And then the workshops are also simple, but super powerful. We give out, we have uh, flawless post-it notes that say, you are flawless on them. And what we do is we sit with the group and they first write something flawless about themselves so, I am good at soccer or whatever. And then they write and they, we put it up on a wall and then they write it about someone else. So, it's like a little note and fr- friendship note to the other person. And then we go around and share all of that. And then, um, depending, we have different workshops. Sometimes they do art with it and they, oh my gosh, they, they, they're so talented. They do the most gorgeous art that we could make t shirts from. And we make postcards out of the art. I have one, I think I had one here. Yeah, this one, this one I love. This was, this was a child who had autism. And he took Flawless and he wrote the letters this way. And each letter had something inspirational. Forever, laughter, attitude, wonderful, logic, example, social, share emotions.
1: Oh, my goodness. How so old was he, that child? About
2: 13, maybe. Wow. Yeah. So it's been, re- and the adults love it. The kids, it, again, super simple, but- people connect really closely, quickly doing these workshops. It's amazing.
1: Well, and what's amazing about it, you know, there's the difference, the word illness versus wellness and literally the I in wellness change it with the we in wellness. And you are bringing people together. You're giving them a voice and lending them an ear and also just hearing you is getting me so excited. So, and you, you know, you bring that to everybody that you work with. That is beautiful. Um, and these workshops, uh, they're in person currently? Yes. In yeah. Florida?
2: We've done them. We we actually did one at USC a few years ago at the college um, with some Um So we've done, they're all over. We do them in New York, all over, wherever we have, you know, wherever anyone wants us to come, we'll do them and It's really amazing. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then the last exciting thing is we have a real focus on wellness for boys, mental health and wellness for young men and men, Um, because we happen to have a lot of uh, student athletes who work for us. So we're working on a documentary on it's called lessons in resilience from the sports field so these boys are get, sharing their stories of resilience which are amazing they have incredible stories and then we're going to make an online course for high school boys ninth through 12th grade about your know, tips to make sure you hydrate like but it's going to be the young people sharing their insights and their advice and that will be virtual be- the on yep the online course will be virtual oh, we do present at conferences i present with an athlete and we do present this body of work at professional conferences and it's called lessons in resilience from the sports field oh, we just we just um, presented at the national federation of families you probably know that organization yeah it's a quick, nice. yeah we presented so there in Oklahoma
1: oh well wow. and it's so funny because after our call I recall with the Oakland A's we hosted a mental health awareness event pre-COVID 2019. They want to discuss um, having another one possibly and doing a panel. So let's speak to you if you want to hop in a plane, come to visit California, probably in May. We'd love to have you be part of that. I would love it. It would be great. Definitely. Um, So now with things that you've, other things that you have helped the students with, I mean, it just sounds like you're really, you know, doing things for their body, the mind, the spirit. Um, You're bringing out like the artistic, in them, <laughs> are there other things that you could share? More well, than-
2: with this one, we work with this incredible program of kids who are incarcerated, unbelievable stories. They're just
1: they're
2: so inspiring. And this, I love the, when we do it with the boys. Well, boys, we they, though that program happens to be separated by gender, but we'll take a backpack and one of our student athletes will put whatever he likes to do for self-care in the backpack and we'll present it and explain each thing. And then we give them backpacks and ask them for their wish list and we fill them with what they wanted, what self-care items and what and incredible, like this one, this one college student was talking about this book, um Grit by I think Angela Duckworth. It was like a book he used in college and these 13 olds wanted it. And we went online and ordered all these books for them. Oh yeah, really amazing. So we do
1: that. Yeah, it's it's and- really what I love, like when anybody gets vulnerable, definitely, you know, a tough, you know, a tough or cool athlete. Right. right? Kind of things do them, the athletes that you work with um, usually put into their backpack for their self for their uh,
2: skincare, masks, face masks. That was a huge hit. And the boys, we all did face masks together. Uh, 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 but this is my favorite thing that always surprises me. A lot of them like to read books. Like it's wow. so great. So they have books. Wow actual books. Journaling is very popular, but journaling, music, uh, hydration is big. You know, they're just really amazing. Um, they'll bring in music. They love listening to music with their, yeah, that's the just amazing. Yeah.
1: Wow. 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 So now with the workshops, you are open. Do Will you go to different colleges if you're asked to, different high schools? Anywhere. Yeah. Or- Anyway. It's
2: so universal. Like I mm-hmm. said, we work with a, a really beautiful program here in um, West Palm Beach. It's um, people with serious mental illness, adults, mm-hmm. and so that's it's it's kind of like a clubhouse mm-hmm. format, and it's just so sweet. And we'll bring them a healthy lunch, and ta- mm-hmm. we'll have different themes about self-care as well we got an amazing donation of yoga mats recently a large donation of yoga mats which was out of the blue someone just found us on the internet it was so nice oh my routine god i love fitness. when someone reaches out to you you're like, uh, yes, amazing routine fitness thank you so we we um have been giving them out to all these organizations and kids and it's been wonderful and
1: I love Get that. A and it's so funny, yoga. my husband's twin sister is moving back to West Palm Beach. I'm definitely going to have her reach out to you. Oh, She's a social worker by training. And I think it'd be really powerful for the two of you to connect.
2: Yes, definitely. Great. Yeah,
1: that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, So now tell me, I know we men, uh, spoke a little on the phone about you are on the board at USC with Ellen Sachs. I think it was the Institute for Mental Health Law Policy Ethics. Is that correct? Yes, can you, I, I, it's, it's just, the Sachs I Institute for, yeah, it's the, the Sachs, Sachs Institute, Institute, yeah. So can you tell us, I think it's just so powerful. Um, her story. I'd like to downplay it, but if you could share with us a little bit about that.
2: Sure. I, well, it's just, an, her story is so amazing. She's so inspirational. Um, so Ellen has schizophrenia and she is, you know, just a huge thought leader in this field. And she won a MacArthur Genius Award. For $500,000. And she started this institute at USC law school. And she does a lot around policy change and research. And she holds pre COVID. She did fantastic panel discussions. She, one time I went to it, I think it was two days of a criminal decriminalizing mental illness, mm. two day conference that was so powerful. She just is amazing. So
1: and it's the amazing. because She was one of the people that was at. I didn't know her then, but she was right. at our table, table at the IU at UCLA Seminole. Right. She, yeah, she. Had, I brought her as my guest. Yeah.
2: So oh. her book is called "The Center Cannot Hold," and her her TED Talk has like five million views. The
1: TED Talk wow. is phenomenal. Wow! And is she a lawyer by trade? You said or yes. That's amazing. It just really she's a
2: law professor and she also has a PhD and she's a million degrees. She's amazing, just
1: brilliant. It's amazing. And I always say, like when you have a mental health challenge as a gift, the greater the challenge, the greater the gift. And look at her. She's an absolute yes. genius. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is so beautiful. So if people um so I forgot to ask, is there a fee if people want to have a workshop at their local um high school or college?
2: It depends. There's there's a sliding scale and it depends.
1: Yes. Okay. Sometimes we
2: have grants like these, we had gotten some grants to do it locally, but it depends on.
1: Sure. Beautiful. And what is the best way for people to get in touch with you or with the organization?
2: So following us on social media at flawless foundation on Twitter, we're flawless grats, G R A T S flawless grats on Twitter and TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, everywhere. And then email is info at flawlessfoundation.org.
1: Beautiful. And we'll list all of those in the show information so people can get in touch with you. Great. So before we go, I'd love to hear what is your greatest piece of advice? Like what would you tell yourself when you were a younger child?
2: I think I would tell my younger self what I said in the beginning about how my challenge is that this is a condition, this is biology, this is biochemistry. I wish I had understood that Mm. when I was younger. I really do. Because there was so much blame and shame then. Oh,
1: that blame, shame, and guilt, right? Yes. Yes.
2: That you're like a bad kid and you're dramatic and all those words. Looking for attention and Uh, that was hard. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm so glad that you are sharing your bright light with us and with the world. It is so amazing to reconnect with you. I hope I will definitely see you either when I'm visiting Florida or when you're out here, California, maybe we'll meet in the middle of New York. And I'd like to share with you and all of our watchers and listeners that you are amazing.
0: You are flawless. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Wellness. This podcast has been brought to you by the Hugs for Life Healing Center, a division of the Extraordinary Lives Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. If you would like to listen to more conversations like this, we invite you to subscribe to our mailing list at www.elfempowers.org to be notified when our weekly episodes are published. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to bringing you our next conversation on Let's Talk Wellness.